Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast, where the church's status quo and sacred cows get rounded up, simmered down, and dished out. And now, here's your chief cook, author, innovator, filmmaker, and founder of Group Publishing, Tom Schultz. Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast. Great to have you with us today. Here at uh, Holy Soup, we often talk about the state of the church today, and we like to look forward to anticipate uh, what might be coming down the road next uh, for the expressions of the church. In fact, along with our colleagues here at Group Publishing, we offer a special summit event each October called The Future of the Church. It's a lively and always intriguing exploration of the trends that may indicate where we're headed. The speakers and panelists represent a wide spectrum of thought, experience, and analysis related somehow to the church. You can find the complete lineup of speakers and topics at uh, the website thefutureofthechurch.com, thefutureofthechurch.com. And you are invited to join us at this year's event. It's in October, and you can find all the details at that site. One of our panelists at this year's Future of the Church is John Vitek. He's the president and CEO of St. Mary's Press. As a Catholic resource provider, he carefully tracks the trends in his own faith tradition, particularly among young people. In fact, he recently conducted a study among young people who have disaffiliated from the Catholic Church. Welcome, John. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Uh, It's great to be with you, and we're looking forward to having you at the Future of the Church. You know, many people, I think, across the country are aware of the trends, some of which are are pretty scary in the Protestant church in terms of of young people who are disconnecting and and just outright staying away from the organized church. Many people today are worried about uh, what's going to be left of the American Protestant church in a few years with uh, the old guard dying off and, and the disaffection among today's young people. But what is the picture in the Catholic Church in America? Are, are young people staying engaged to the same degree as you might have seen in the past, or are you seeing a decline? The Catholic Church, like all religious traditions, the historical religious traditions in America and the Western world, is in significant decline. In terms of when, if we think about it as those who are highly engaged in the practices and beliefs of of the church. So in terms of, uh, in relationship to all other traditions, the Catholic Church, in fact, has some of the most significant, if not the fastest, rate of decline in the U.S. Hmm. And what are you seeing that's new with uh, the millennial and Gen Z generations? Is that where the losses are coming from, or is it across the board? But it's actually not just the youth issue, and the Pew research uh, shows that very clearly, uh, that this is across all generations. And one of the interesting things is that the parents of the millennial generation were actually the first generation to report very significant numbers that they are done with religion, done with church, so the unaffiliated. Uh, but the fastest-growing po- segment of the population is the millennial, and particularly the young millennial generation. That's where we see the fastest growth of 
disaffiliation. <laughs> Funny you put it that way, the fastest growth of disaffiliation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you completed a book entitled Going, Going, Gone, and it's based on uh, the study that I referred to earlier that uh, looked at teenagers and young adults who were raised Catholic but left uh, the Catholic Church. Why did you undertake this research in the first place? We undertook it following the Pew Research uh, release of data in 2014. So, you know, the Pew Research now tracks uh, religious affiliation or unaffiliation census data for the U.S. And between 2007 and 2014, there was an increase of like 7, 8 percent of the U.S. population. So by 2014, almost 23 percent of the U.S. population report that they have no religious affiliation. And that caught our attention. I mean, it caught everyone's attention, of course, across all traditions. But it caught our attention, and we stepped back and said, you know what, we really want to understand in young people's own words, invite them to tell their story to us. Why did they disaffiliate from the Catholic Church in particular? Hmm. So that's what we set out to do, uh, a narrative, qualitative approach where we listened deeply and respectfully and without judgment to the stories of these young people. Mm. Well, it was quite, uh, quite an in-depth study. What, what surprised you most about the research? There are a number of things, but here's one piece. At the end of every interview, we would thank the young person for taking time to share their story with us. And I remember a young man named Edward who said to us, no, I want to thank you for listening to my story. Hmm. No one has ever asked me before. Wow. That's quite revealing. And to me, that was huge, right? Hmm. I mean, first of all, and, th- and then that became consistent at the end of the interview, something along those lines, the young person would say. And... Just think about that. Just no one has ever asked me before, right? Um, one of the people that has, is engaged in this work in the Jewish tradition is a Rabbi Jonathan Sachs from the UK. And he says, every human person longs for connection and community. And community is that place where I am known by name, and I am missed when I am gone. Mm. And I put that together with these young people saying, no one even asked me why I left. Mm. And you put those two things together, you think, wow, you know, no wonder they didn't feel a sense of connection or a sense of community. Uh, And why would I stay someplace Mm. where I don't feel like I belong and I feel connected. You know, I think that really is profound that uh, nobody ever asked. And uh, I found that uh, to be true on the, on the Protestant side of, of uh, work in the church as well. You know, after doing a lot of writing and speaking on the state of the church in America, I've noticed that 
everybody inside the church, church staff and leaders and lay people, everybody seems to have an opinion about why people are leaving the institutional church. But I've also found that their opinions often bear little resemblance to the actual reason, reasons given by those who have actually left. And I wonder if in, in your research inside the, the Catholic Church, if you found the same kinds of things, are, are what you're hearing from people who are still active in the church speculating about why they think people have left, do those uh, bear resemblance or not to the reasons that you heard actually from young people why they left? They don't bear resemblance at all. Hmm. They're a total mismatch. So uh, we do this exercise when we present the data to uh, various groups. We put up a slide and we show a list of 10 things of why young people disaffiliate from the church. And we ask participants to tell us what they think are the top three from this list. And every single time I've done this across the country, the adults in the room get it completely opposite hmm. from what the young people say. Hmm. So adults will say it's things like, well, uh, in the Catholic Church in particular, well, uh, they don't feel welcomed, or it's the sexual uh, misconduct issues with clergy, or, you know, a few things like that, or it's doctrine. Uh, and then the next slide we put up is the rank order of what the young people say, and it's completely opposite. Wow. So the way that I say that, the reasons why young people, millennials, young millennials disaffiliate from religion are not the same reasons their parents and their grandparents did. Hmm. And for me, that's where it helps church leaders begin to see that this is something bigger. And one way thing that I say, it's not even about the church. It's about the shifting place of religion in a secularized culture. So what the young people, if you interpret their stories, if you look at their stories, they're really revealing something about culture, what it means to be a person in, in contemporary culture than it is about the church at all. Even though they do disagree with certain doctrines and, and things of that nature. So if it's, uh, if it's not the usual suspects of why people are leaving the church, what is it? What did you hear? What, what are the top reasons that you heard from young people as to why they've left? The number one reason is they no longer believe in God or religion. Hmm. So about 12 to 14 percent of young people will say, I simply don't even believe in God. Hmm. So therefore, why would any religious practice makes sense to me. But another 12, 14% say, I just don't believe that religion is necessary to live a fulfilling, happy life. Um, so if you put those two together, that's about 24, 25%, um, almost 30% of the young people report that as their number one reason for uh, for just feeling that it just doesn't, it's not necessary, it doesn't make sense, it's an option, but 
you know, there are other options. Hmm. And I take it from those uh, percentages, which uh, even as you added those two up, they don't come close to even half. I take it from that that there are a lot of different reasons as to why people left. That's, that's, a, that's a really important piece because a lot of studies that are done, and the reason why we wanted to do a narrative-based uh, qualitative study, because a lot of the quantitative studies end up packaging it saying, well, here are the reasons. Well, the reality is that every person's life is unique a unique set of circumstances and it's messy and it's so there's so much nuance and complexity to every story that you can't say there's any one reason and that that was a key finding for us is that disaffiliation is a process that happens over time and it's a process of addition meaning it's this accumulation of unresolved things in a person's life that add up that over time become a weight that's too much to bear and then as josh packard says in his work on church refugees i'm done mm. you know so it, it, it's really hard to say that there's any one reason it's this accumulation or this amalgamation of reasons mm. um, that create this weight or this burden. But what's interesting, I was sharing the data with an uh, uh, agnostic friend of mine, and I said one of the things that comes up over and over in the data, in the, in the stories, is young people say, I feel much freer and happier now as if a burden has been lifted from me in choosing to leave the church. Hmm. And she said, well, isn't that interesting, since your church is founded on the Son of God who purportedly comes to lighten your burden. Mm -hmm. So what is it, this faith that purports to be about lightening someone's burden actually causes them to have a sense of burden. That's worth pondering. Wow, yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier that there, there are connections to the culture itself and, and what's happening in the culture that is connected to some of this disaffiliation that we see. And also, there's uh, the effect of, of uh, what's being done inside the church that uh, may be uh, causing or connecting to this disaffiliation. As you've studied the data and reflected on what you heard from the young people who left, what, what needs to change inside the church in order to hold on to young people or, or even attract those who have not yet uh, even stepped inside of a church? It's a really important question, and I would say it's a question that I continue to wrestle with myself. Um, but the very first thing that I see coming out of our, our work is the need to listen, to simply listen to the stories of the young people. There's a, a, a gentleman in the U.K. that we work with. Um, his name is Julian Stodd, 
And he said this to us as we were working on a project. He said, if you do not create a place where young people can wrestle with their questions, struggle with their doubt, they will leave you and they will find a community where they can do that. Mm. And so I think that's huge, you know, and in the Catholic Church, uh, you know, we're in this space with our our new Pope, Pope Francis, who's, who's saying this, and he's getting pushback from within the Church, right, that doubt and questioning is the path, is the journey of faith. We all have that as part of our faith journey. So why do we not allow young people to bring their questions and their doubt and their struggles? So to me, that's a huge piece of it. How do we create, and they have to be spaces where young people can wrestle with their doubts and their questions without judgment. Mm. Because every single young person we interviewed told us some part of their story that as soon as they sense judgment, they're gone. Mm. And I think Josh Packard's research uh, shows exactly the same thing. Yeah. We found the same thing in the research that we've done here at Group Publishing as well, that uh, that is a leading, if not the leading thing that we hear from people who have left is that sense of judgment. And it uh, it comes out in all sorts of different forms, but people f- simply feel that... Uh, Somehow their thoughts, uh, what they have to say, what they have to believe, their, their, uh, their contribution is simply rejected or ignored. And uh, that's right. a powerful thing that's driving people away. Yeah, and, and for what purpose? I mean, why, why the need for the judgment? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just coming alongside and accompanying and then I think the other piece is paying attention. Paying attention to what's happening. Every little discrepancy that a young person has that doesn't get resolved is an accumulation of the burden that they feel. Mm. And I think of it this way, the sociologist Brene Brown mm-hmm. and her work, and she says, the way relationships break down is they break down over time, one chip at a time, mm-hmm. until finally there's that last thing where it becomes too much and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see here in the stories of the young people. Is you know, So every little thing matters. And are we as church leaders, do we know the young people, and are we paying attention? Mm-hmm. So. The young boy who says, my uncle got diagnosed with cancer, and everyone told me just to pray for him and all would be well. Well, my uncle is dead. Where's your God now? Wow. That's a huge chip in that young man's life. And did we come alongside him and be with him in that moment and accompany him in that moment? Or did we just ignore it as, oh, that's a silly thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matters. It, yeah, begins with presence and and with listening. And uh, right. I like what uh, you said, referring to this as a relationship. And uh, one of the things that uh, uh, 
that I feel strongly about is that this whole enterprise of of helping people come to faith and nurture their faith along, uh, we've got to look at that as a relationship. And the things like you heard from Bene Brown, who who talks about uh, what effect things can have on a relationship. Uh, well, it's the same kind of thing that, that that happens with our faith. Our faith is a relationship, and we've got to take care of it and uh, nurture it like you would any other relationship. Jesus is a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Not a doctrine. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> or, you know, so, yeah, exactly. They still long for connection and community, which is ultimately about relationship. Yeah. That's what we've got to figure out. Well, John, thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, what you'll share with us at the Future of the Church Summit in October. And uh, you'll be participating in a panel entitled How the New Generation Will Impact the Church. And I can't wait to hear what uh, comes out of that. Thank you for, for being a part of that. People can learn more at uh, thefutureofthechurch.com, thefutureofthechurch.com. And thanks again, John, for joining us. And uh, we'll see all of you next time on the Holy Soup Podcast.